Good evening, everyone. This is Brother Brennan coming to you live from Fayetteville, Arkansas, with another Fishers of Men video broadcast, and would like to welcome you to tonight's Bible study. And uh, tonight, we will be in James chapter 4. James chapter 4 is where we're going to be in tonight. And uh, just a couple of announcements I just want to make. <coughs> The first thing I wanted to just kind of put out there was um, I thought I was actually going to be preaching on November 7th. As a matter of fact, I actually preached last weekend. And so there was no Fishers of Men broadcast because I did preaching um, from uh, I did preaching uh, last Sunday and uh, d recorded it and then put it up. So that was in replace of the broadcast so, um, <clears throat> but there will be no uh, broadcast this Sunday either. Um, I will actually be reposting something from my previous uh, ones that I have done. And um, I'm actually going to probably start reposting some of the ones that I've done kind of at the beginning. And uh, get that out there so you all can get that, okay? So there will be no broadcast this Sunday um, because... Our church is having an event um, that Sunday evening, so uh, no broadcast Sunday. Also, there may not be any Friday night fellowship on Friday because Pastor Mike Hoggard from Festus, Missouri is coming down to Fort Smith, which is kind of near my neck of the woods, just a little past it by about an hour, and so... Lord willing, I'm going to actually be going down Thursday and Friday to see Pastor Mike preach. So there may not, there won't be no Friday night fellowship on Friday. Okay, so no Friday night fellowship. Normally we would, but not, um, not, uh, not Friday. Okay, so uh, Pastor Mike is coming down. I'm going to hear him preach and speak. Um. Peter, it is great to see you. I hope that you'll be able to stick around and, and listen, because um, tonight is going to be uh, James chapter 4, okay? So, hope you're ready for that. Um, let's see, what other announcements do I have to make? I think that is, I think that's it, okay? Oh, by the way, really quickly, no, that's not it. Uh, next Tuesday, Lord willing, uh, same time, we will be finishing up the book of James. Okay? So next week, Lord willing, we're going to finish up James chap we're going to finish up the book of James. It's James chapter 5. Now, I want you guys to be thinking of something that you'd like for me to do, okay? As per a book. I've already did Romans, we've did Ephesians, we did 1 Peter, and then uh I think this is the fourth book that we're doing. This is James, so we'll be finishing up James. So if you guys have any ideas, um, thinking about maybe doing the Gospels next, I think um, with Christmas coming up and stuff, I think it would be good to do the Gospels. Uh, so if you have any ideas on what you'd like for me to teach and preach on, let me know on my Facebook wall. Let me know in the comments. And all those on YouTube, let me, on, let me know in the comments on YouTube, okay? So, uh, by the way, I just want to say, if you guys like, um, if you guys like the preaching, if, 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 the, if you feel like if the Lord is moving through these videos and he, Lord is leading you to share them, please my, by all means share them. Okay. Don't, don't, don't wait for my permission. Um, I want you guys to share my videos. I want them out. Because we need to get the truth out. Amen. So you share the videos if you're led to. Okay. Um, other than that, that's going to be it. So if you have your Bibles with you, open, uh, turn with me to James chapter 4. The book of James chapter 4. And uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, James chapter 4 is not a, a lengthy chapter. It's only 17 verses. So this may be a short one, we'll see, but I want to mind the Holy Ghost. So you all pray for me, pray for the broadcast, and pray for these videos that God would be magnified and glorified in all this. Amen. 
I want God to be glorified even through a teaching moment. So, James chapter 4. And uh, we're going to start here. Um, I'm going to start here in verse 1. Okay? It says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? Now you got to understand that we have a fallen nature, okay? We have a sin nature, whether you're lost or you're born again. doesn't matter who you are. We all have that sin nature. If you're born again, you are saved by the grace of God, but you still have that sin nature. And uh, you have lusts in your flesh that war. And if you're born again, you have lusts that war after you because... The devil wants you to fall, and he's going to do everything he can to get you to fall, and he's going to keep fighting you, okay? So we have two different things within us that are fighting against each other, okay? But here's the good news. The good news is, is that Christ overcame all those lustful desires. Amen? He's, over, he's overcame that by his death at the cross, okay? Now... And um, in Romans chapter 7, verse 23, okay, it says, But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. So you see here that Paul is talking about that there is another law. He sees another law in his members warring against the law of his mind. So there's two things warring against each other. So we see that, Paul, we see that in Romans, okay? And so, but God overcame that by his death on the cross. And he, he, he even more so overcame by his resurrection. Amen? Now, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 22 through 23, it says, Flee also youthful lusts. But follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that, that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. In Titus chapter 3 verse 9, it says, But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. Now, as Bible believers, we are not to put ourselves in a position to be contentious with one another, even contentious with the lost world. Okay, we're not to be contentious even with the lost. You know why? Because we're we are set out to win the lost. And if we're contentious against the lost, how do you think we're going to win them? We can't win them to Christ if we're contentious with them. So you have to not be contentious with them, nor your fellow brothers. We're to abstain from being contentious. It's not profitable. Amen? Now, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11-12, through 12, it says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. Why does he call us strangers and pilgrims? Well, we, we're called strangers and pilgrims because we're not of this world. When you become born, born again, your home is in heaven. So therefore, while we're on this earth, we are just strangers and pilgrims are passing through. This is why we ought to fix our hearts and minds on heavenly things and heavenly treasures and not earthly things. Amen? But we have to have a balance because we don't want to be so heavenly minded that we're not we're no good here and we can't be so earthly minded that we're no good for the kingdom there has to be a balance we need to have a balance between the both okay we just do now continuing on peter says abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, 
they may be your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. So Peter is telling you that we need to abstain from fleshly lusts. We need to abstain from sin. Why? So we can have a good conversation, an honest conversation amongst other Gentiles, more so even the lost and dying world. Because if you don't walk the walk and talk the talk, and if you're just being a hypocrite, the lost and dying world is going to say, whatever he has, I don't want. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna look at that hypocrisy and say, well, if that's what a Christian is, I don't want it. I don't want, I don't want it. We need to present ourselves as light and salt to a lost and dying world so that some might be one to Christ. Amen. Not everyone that you're going to witness to is going to be for Christ. Some will, but not all. Amen. Let's, so let's go. Let's continue on here. Uh, back to James. Let's let's pick up in verse two. Okay. So ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Okay. So, as believers, you know, you might have good desires. But sometimes you don't have those desires because you don't even ask God for them. You don't even ask God. You just you just assume. You don't ask him for those things. And because you don't ask, you don't have. God wants you to ask him. He knows your desires, but he wants you to ask him. Amen. He wants you to ask him for things. That's what God wants. You have not because you ask not. And if you think about it, it's not just that you have not because you ask not. But you take a look at some of the things here. James says, ye lust and have not. You know, lust is sin. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Now I I'm reading out of a Charles, uh, 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 what is it? It's a it's a Charles Spurgeon Bible, okay, and he has a comment here on verse two. And what he says is, if a person's desires are the longings of a fallen nature, if they begin and end with self, if the chief end for which one lives is not to glorify God but to glorify self, then one can desire, but will not have. So if you're living for yourself and not for God and not for God's desires, you can have all the desires you want, but you won't have it because of that sin. This is why we need to repent on a daily basis. This is why we need to come to God and repent of our sins and transgressions. Okay, James. Uh, okay, so James chapter five or six. It says this: Ye have condemned and killed the just, and he doth not resist you. And uh, we're actually going to be getting that into next week because next week is the final week of James. Okay, and it's that I'm starting to work on j th this particular one for next week. Okay, so you pray for me on this. But here in 1 John chapter 3, verse 15, it says, Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. So John is saying, by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, that even if you hate your brother or hate your neighbor, You are a murderer. That's what John says. You know why? Because hating someone, hating someone is just like killing them. And if you hate somebody, God sees you as a murderer. 
and no murderer has eternal life. This is why we are to love one another. Because loving one another is fulfilling. When we love others and when we, when we love God, we fulfill that perfect royal law. Now, in verse 3, continue on in verse 3 of, of James. It says, Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. So, you ask and receive not. Why? Because if you ask God for things and you don't receive it, <clears throat> it's because you ask amiss. Why? That you may consume it on your lusts. <clears throat> so that means that when you ask amiss means you ask with the wrong intention. You have wrong intentions. You may be asking for a good thing, but you can ask for a good thing and yet have the intention of lust behind it. And if that's the case, God's not going to give it to you. Okay? He's not going to give it to you. Um, in 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 11 through 13, it says, And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast asked not, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words, Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee. Neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. You see, Solomon had, a, had pure intentions, okay? His intention was he wanted to have understanding and wisdom to judge his people and to rule his people. He lacked those things. And so God saw that. He answered that. But God also pointed out that Solomon never asked for riches or anything like that. He never asked for any of that. So you know what God did? God granted. He didn't just grant Solomon's request for wisdom and understanding. But he also granted Solomon the things that he didn't ask for. And God can do that. But Solomon had a pure, had pure, innocent intentions. His intentions were not for sinful reasons. Okay? He wanted understanding. He wanted wisdom. And God honored that. So how much more should we all have that? How much more should we, when we ask God for things, think about what you are wanting it for. Are you wanting it for sin? Or are you wanting it because you look, you just, you have an intention that is not sinful. Okay, so you got to be careful what you ask God for. And I always say, always be careful for what you ask God because he'll give it to you. He may just give it to you. Okay? Now, in Psalm chapter 66, verse 18, it says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Okay? So we have to understand, if you're asking God for things and you're not, you're not, you're, you're not, you're, you're not receiving it, Ask yourself this, am I regarding sin in my heart? Am I regarding iniquity? Because if you're regarding iniquity in your heart, the Lord's not going to hear your prayer. Okay, he's not going to hear your prayer. So just be mindful of that. This is why we need for daily repentance. Amen. We need to be repenting daily. Now, in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 28 to 29, it says, 
Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 22, it says, And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments, and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. In 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 through 15, it says this, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Amen. So just be careful what you, be careful on what your intent is when you start asking God for things. Okay, be careful. Make sure that you have good intentions and not just intentions to sin. James 4, 4. Ye adulterers and adulteresses. Now keep in mind, James is talking to the church. He is not talking to the lost and dying world. He's talking to the church. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the, <clears throat> the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. You guys, I have to keep hammering this. This is why you need to live a holy and separated life as a born-again believer. Because if you are not living a holy, sanctified, set-apart, separated from sin, separated unto God for His service, if you're not living that life, the world is going to mock you, the world is not going to take you seriously, and you're going to bring damage to the kingdom of God. You, how you live matters. Don't forget that. How you live matters. John chapter 15, verses 18 through 20. Again, we're, we're talking about living a separate and holy life. If the world hates you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world will love his own. But because you are not of this, not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. Jesus chose you out of the world, which means you need to come out of the world. The world is not your home. Heaven is your home. If you're born again, heaven is your home, not this world. Okay. Um. Therefore, the world hateth you. Remember. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. In Romans chapter 8 verses 4 through 8, it says that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Again, going back to verse 4. Ye adulterers and adulteresses... Know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God? Do you know why? Because when you live in the flesh, you cannot please God. Your flesh is at enmity with God. Now, let me say something else too. When adultery... Isn't just cheating on your spouse. Okay, I'm going to take it a step further. When you're born again, and when you go after idols and the things of this world as a Christian, you are committing adultery against God. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the bridegroom. The church is supposed to be the bride. And when you go... After idols, you are committing spiritual adultery against Christ and against God. 
okay? You're committing a, you're committing spiritual adultery. That's what idolatry is. Idolatry is spiritual adultery against God. <coughs> now, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 20 to 21. It says, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And again, as I was talking about idolatry, okay, this is what Jesus says. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. In Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 32, it says, But as a wife that committeth adultery, which taketh strangers instead of her husband. Again, if you are, if you are idolizing people, as a Christian, if you're idolizing people, you are committing adultery against Christ. Because Christ is the bridegroom and we are to be the bride. And when we go after idols, we're going after strangers. Instead of our husband. This is why, as a believer, our main focus has to be on Christ. Amen. Now, let's continue on here in verse 5 of James. It says, Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? <coughs> Numbers chapter 23 verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said... And shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken? And shall he not make it good? God is one who will never lie. God is not a man who should lie. He can't lie. Because in him is truth. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God? And ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now let me tell you something about this verse that I want to kind of put in this perspective in today's world, okay? Now many people are saying, well... You should take the vaccine, you shouldn't take the vaccine, and you gotta take it, and you shouldn't take it, and all this stuff. Well, first of all, <clears throat> Christians, you have no right to tell people to take the vaccine or not to take the vaccine. You have no right. You are not God. We have been bought with a price, and we are gods. You have no right to tell someone that they can't or they should take the vaccine. Christians, I want to encourage you and admonish you to pray to God and ask Him because He has the only right and authority to tell you whether you should take that vaccine or not. Why? Because you are God's property and God, you are and, and if you are the temple of God, God owns you. So he has a right and he has the right to say whether you should take it or not. So in an essence, whether you take the vaccine or not is none of anyone's business but yours and God's. Period. This is why you ought to pray about it. Don't, if you want to consult a physician... That's fine. I've got no problem with that. But be sure to consult the main 
chief physician, Jesus Christ, because Christ will lead you in the right way. Amen. Just want to put that out there. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse 15 through 17. And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they should be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Again, so we're seeing a life being separated and sanctified, separated from sin, sanctified away from the world unto God and God's service. Amen. Now, let's pick up here in verse 6. <coughs> but, but he hath given more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud. But giveth grace unto the humble. Okay. So in Job chapter 22 verses 29 through 30. It says when men are cast down. Then thou shalt say. There is lifting up and he shall save the humble person. He shall deliver the island, the island of the innocent. And it is delivered by the pureness of thine hand. Now. James is getting into that God resisteth the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Okay? So we're going to go through some verses about pride here. So in Psalm uh, 138, verse 6, Though the Lord be not be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34, Surely he scorneth the scorners, but he giveth grace unto the lowly. In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 23, it says, A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. That verse is going to be an excellent segue into this next verse, so I'm not going to do much explaining about it okay but it says here in matthew uh, matthew 23 verse 12 and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted last but not least before we move on in james first peter chapter 5 verse 6 humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of god that he may exalt you in due time. Okay. It's important to humble yourself. And not to be putting yourself up with. Puffing yourself up with pride. Now. Let's continue on here. In verse 7. It says. Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You know, when you submit yourself to God, you're submitting yourself by being humble. It's a humbling thing to submit yourself to God. If you want to beat the devil and resist him, you need to humble yourself. And when you humble yourself, you submit yourself to God. And when you submit yourself to God, you're being humble. You're not going to defeat the devil in pride. If you think you can defeat the devil with pride, you are seriously mistaken. But when you submit yourself, you are humbling yourself before God. And you have to resist the devil. <clears throat> when you humble yourself and keep when you humble yourself and submit yourself to God and you resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Okay, now in Ephesians chapter four, verse twenty-six through twenty-seven, it says, "Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil." Ephesians chapter six, verse eleven through twelve, put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. 
When you stand against the wiles of the devil, you are resisting the devil. And when you stand against him, when you resist him, the Bible promises that he'll flee. Now, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, here's a key one. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8-9. through 9. It says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So you are to resist the devil. Resist steadfast in the You're supposed to resist the devil and be steadfast in the faith. You are to stand. Resist the devil. Humble yourself. Go before God and resist the devil. Amen. Now, continuing on in verse 8. So let's go back up to verse 7. It says, Submitting yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Now, in verse 8, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 16 through 17, Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings. From before mine eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. Psalm 119 verse 113, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. In Psalm 73 verse 28, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God, that I may declare all thy works. So you're not to humble, you're not just to humble yourself before him, you are to draw near to him. And the Bible says that when you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. And we ought to draw near to God because we love him. And also that we want to declare all his works. Amen. This we are to be in a relationship with him. This is not just a one-sided thing. Now, in Isaiah chapter 58, verse 2, Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a, as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances, ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. Now, in Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 2, And he went out to meet Asa, and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you, while ye be with him. And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if ye forsake him, he will forsake you. So when you seek the Lord, when you seek the Lord, he'll be found of you. But if you forsake him, he'll forsake you. Okay? Now, in verse 9, it says, Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. In uh, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 13, it says, Even in laughter, the heart is sorrowful, and the end of that mirth is heaviness. Luke chapter 6, verse 25, it says, Woe unto you that are full, for ye shall hunger. Woe unto you that laugh now, for ye shall mourn and weep. In Psalm 126, verse 5 through 6, I want to be encouraged. I want to encourage you guys tonight. If you're in sorrow, 
if you seem to be in constant sorrow, let me let me just share a verse with you. Here. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtlessly, doubtlessly, doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. So even though that you may be sorrowful right now, one of these days you'll reap in joy. Amen. You will reap in joy. Now let's go to verse 10 here in James. Let's pick up here in verse 10. It says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. When you humble yourself before the Lord, he will lift you up in due time. In due time, he will lift you up. In Luke chapter 1, verse 52, it says, He hath put down the mighty from their seat and exalted them of low degree. In Ezekiel 21, 26, it says, Thus saith the Lord God, Remove the diadem and take off the crown. This shall not be the same. Exalt him that is low and abase him that is high. So remember, those who... Those who... Jesus said that those, um, those who humble themselves will be exalted, and those who will exalt themselves will be abased. I mean, brought down low. Okay? This is what, and Ezekiel 21 26 is a good demonstration of that. In Proverbs 29 23, it says, A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. And Job chapter 5, verse 11. To set up on high those that be low, that those which mourn may be exalted to safety. Now, we just read here in verse 10. It says, to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Now, this verse here, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, is a very, very well-known verse and the context of this verse is God's people meaning you who are born again okay but in second chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 it says if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. There's not much explaining on that because it's fairly self-explanatory. Okay? It's pretty self-explanatory. Now, let's continue on here in James chapter 11. It says here, Speak not evil one of another, brethren, he that speaketh evil of his brother, and judgeth his brother, speaketh evil of the law, and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou, who art thou that judgest another? Okay. Now, this, this verse I'm going to be getting into people take this out of context they'll say well you you can't judge see the bible says judge not that you not be not judged if you actually take a look at this context that we're going to read it's talking about judging out of hypocrisy okay judging hypocritically and we're going to see that in this context in matthew chapter 7 verses 1 through 5 it says judge not that ye be that ye be not judged for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote of thine, of thine eyes, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite! First cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then 
shall thou see clearly to cast out the mote of thy brother's eye. So you, you see this context is talking about judging out of hypocrisy. Okay? And this is this is not talking about judging righteous judgment because Jesus later he says judge not by mere appearance but judge righteous judgment. What's judging righteous judgment? Judging righteous judgment is judging according to what the word of God says. That's judging righteous judgment. But you're not to judge out of hypocrisy. <clears throat> now, Romans chapter 14, verses 3 through 4. Let not him that eateth despises him that eateth not. And let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth. For God hath received him. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. I want to make a point here. Back to the vaccine issue again. Why are there Christians criticizing and judging other Christians for taking the vaccine? Who are you to judge them being God's child? Who are you to judge? The vaccine issue is strictly between you and God. Just because someone either will take the vaccine or won't take the vaccine does not make you or does not give you the right to judge your fellow servant for either rejecting it or, or taking it. You are to love your brothers. You are to love your brother, not judge them and cast hate on them. You are to love your brother. If your brother took the vaccine, you should still love him. If they didn't take the vaccine, you should still love them. It doesn't matter if they did or did not. You should still love them and not hate them and not judge them for it. You are not God. You have no right to be in a position of judgment towards your brother or towards a lost person because of choices they make. Such as that vaccine issue. And I know I'm going to get I'm going to get people that will hate me for saying that. But truly, the vaccine issue is between them and God. Don't judge. Just saying. James chapter 2 verse 8. It says, If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. Again, loving your neighbor is fulfillment of the royal law. Because when you love others, it shows that you love God. And when you love God and others, you fulfill that law and you do well. Isaiah chapter 33 verse 22. For the Lord is our the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, he will save us. Matthew chapter 10 verse 28, it says, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy soul both, destroy both soul and body in hell. Jesus is saying, you don't fear man, you fear God. And God is the only one that you should fear. James chapter 5, verse 9. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Jesus Christ is the judge. Amen. Now, let's pick up here in verse 13. <clears throat> 
Wow, we're almost uh, nearing the end of this here. Uh, 13 and 14. It says, Go to now, ye that say today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Now, Charles Spurgeon on this particular verse comments. He says, unless we purposely live with a view to the next world, we cannot make much out of our present existence. Which means that you can't say much about what's going to happen tomorrow because you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Okay, you just don't know. Um, you just don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Okay, now, in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1, it says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. You don't, you don't know what a day, what tomorrow's going to hold until you get till until you get to tomorrow. Okay, you don't know what tomorrow's going to hold. Alright, now, in Luke chapter 12, verse 18 through 19, it says, And he said, This will I do, I will pull down my barns, and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. See, we're not to have that attitude. It's, if the Lord wills, would we'll do this. If the Lord wills, would we'll do that. If the Lord wills. Because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Which is not. Okay. Now. Um, James chapter 5 verse 1 through 3. It says. Go to now ye rich men. Weep and howl for your miseries. That shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted. And your garments are moth eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered. And the rust of them. Shall be a witness against you, and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last day. See, we're not to store up treasures on, on earth. We're supposed to store our treasures up in heaven. Okay, so Job chapter seven verse seven. Oh, remember that my life is wind. Mine eye shall no more see good. In Psalm 39.5, Behold, thou hast made my days as a handbreadth, and mine age is as nothing before thee. Verily every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Selah. Psalm 102.3, For my days are consumed like smoke. And my bones are burned as in hearth. Psalm 144 verse 4. Man is like to vanity. His days are as a shadow that passeth away. James chapter 1 verse 10. But the rich in that he is made low. Because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away. Our life is nothing but a vapor. Amen. Now, here's why we, here's what we're supposed to be and not, we're not to count tomorrow because we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but here is why. Okay, verse 15, for that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Again. We're not, we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. So we ought to have the attitude of, if the Lord wills, we'll do this and that. In Acts chapter 18, verse 21, it says, But bade them farewell, saying, I must by all means keep, these, keep this feast that cometh in Jerusalem, but I will return again unto you if God will. And he sailed from Ephesus. So I'm guessing this is talking about Paul because this is the later book of Acts. And when you get to the later book of Acts, uh, you start to see more and more about Saul who became Paul. 
the apostle. Amen. So now, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 37. Who is he that saith, and it cometh to pass, when the Lord commandeth it not? You see, when you assume that you're going to do something the next day, and you end up not doing it, that shows you the Lord didn't command it. It's very foolish to assume something the Lord hasn't commanded. So that's why when you say, if the Lord wills, we'll do this or that. Because you don't know if what you're going to do is what the Lord commanded. You don't know what a day may bring forth. This is why we have to be of the mindset of, if the Lord wills. If the Lord wills, we'll do this or that. We have to take things one day at a time, one moment at a time. If the Lord wills, we'll do this and that. Not that, oh, this is going to happen and it doesn't happen. Don't be presumptuous into thinking that whatever you have planned, God had commanded. Because it can be the complete opposite. So be careful. Say, if the Lord wills, we'll do this or that. And this is what James is getting at. Amen? Now, let's finish off the last two verses of the chapter, and then we'll get into the last remaining verses. Starting in verse 16, it says, But now you rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So when you know to do something that's good and you don't do it, it's sin. Say you are capable of helping someone out. And you know you have the resources to help someone out, but yet you don't help them. That's sin. You know what else is sin? Is when you know that you have an opportunity to witness someone and you don't take it. It's sin. And I had to repent of that. Because there are times I had moments where I could have witnessed to somebody and deliberately didn't take it. I had to repent of that. If you know you can help someone and you don't do anything about it, it's sin. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse, verse 67. Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. 1 John chapter 2, verses 16-17 For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world, and the world passeth away, and the and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Proverbs chapter twenty five verse fourteen Whoso boasteth himself of a false gift is like clouds and wind without rain. Luke chapter 12 verse 47 And that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself neither did according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. This is not in my notes but I want to take you there. Go to go to Hebrews. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 12. 
Hebrews chapter 12. We'll start in verse 7. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? You know, chastisement is correct is is correction, and when we do we when we don't do what God wants us to do, He's going to chasten us. He's going to chastise you. Okay, it says here in Luke twelve forty seven, and that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. You will be chastised when you do wrong. God will correct you. Chastisement is a correction. It is not him being mean. It's him being loving. Amen. Two more verses and we'll be done. John chapter 9 verses 40 through 41. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? Jesus said unto them, If ye were blind... Ye should have no sin. But now ye say, We see, therefore your sin remaineth. Last verse, and we'll be done. Second Peter chapter two, verses twenty one through twenty two. For had for it had been better for them to not have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is turned to his own vomit again. And the, and the soul that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. <clears throat> so as we see. That James. I got to get back to it. So we see here. Um, we are not to rejoice in our boastings. We are not. All the glory should go to God. To God be the glory. And if there's anything good I did in this broadcast, it's all because of God. It's not because of anything I did. It's because of God. When you know you can help somebody and you don't, you don't bother to help them. It is sin. You do commit sin when you don't help somebody when you, when you know very well that you can Amen. Now listen guys, I hope I didn't I hope I didn't want to make anyone mad. I don't want to make anyone mad. And if I offended you in any way, I do apologize. What I don't apologize is for telling the truth. Okay? Now, I'm sorry if I probably made I probably made some people mad of the whole vaccine issue. Okay? The point that I was trying to make with the vaccine issue is that it is strictly a choice between you and God. No one should coerce you to take it or to not take it. The choice of being vaccinated against COVID-19 should be between you and the good Lord. That's it. Because if you are a child of God... This temple does not belong to you. It belongs to God. So God gets the final say. Okay. That was my point. Brothers and sisters. If I made you mad or upset or offended you. Because I said that. I apologize. But I'm not going to apologize. 
for what I said. I'm just, I'm sorry that you just didn't take that, you know, and that's okay. We're just going to have to agree to disagree. Okay? So listen, I love you guys. I do. Brothers and sisters, I love you. I do. And I hope you all love me. And for those of you that are lost, I love you guys too. I do. Okay, I'm not trying to be mean or pick on anybody. I'm just trying to serve the Lord. And I know there's going to be things I'm wrong at. And if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. Okay, I'll have to answer for that. But if I am right, then I pray and ask that the Lord will show you. Amen. That's why you have to not take my word for things. I want you to research the scriptures and see if what I say is true. Amen. So, anyways, um, that's going to be it for the night. Um, just want to remind you, uh, no broadcast on Sunday. I'll just I'll just repost something for for Sunday, um, uh, something from the past, so you guys can all take a look at that. Um, next Tuesday, Lord willing, if the Lord wills, we will get into, um, the last chapter of James. Okay. So we'll finish off the book of James, um, for you guys on Facebook, um, shoot me a comment on what you'd like to see me do after we're done with the book of James. And uh, for those on YouTube, please shoot me a comment uh, let me know what you'd like to have me do after we get done with the book of James. I'm saying this now so that you guys can think about it and share with me what you'd like to do. I'm thinking about doing one of the Gospels, um, one of the Gospels, uh, you know, when, uh, probably we'll start with the Gospel of Matthew and start working our way through, okay? So you just let me know and... Uh, We'll go from there, okay? But listen, I love you guys. You guys have a very blessed evening. God bless you. And uh, remember, there, Lord willing, there will not be, uh, there won't be a, a Friday night fellowship. So don't come on expecting one, okay? No Friday night fellowship. No thing on Sunday either, Lord willing, okay? But next Tuesday, Lord willing, we will do a we will finish up the book of James. Okay? So other than that, that's gonna be it for tonight. I love you guys. God bless you. You guys have a great evening, and uh, we'll see you all next time. Okay? God bless you guys. See ya. Love ya. Bye.